we go. Hello and welcome to Parkinson's Pathway Pals Tuesdays with Teresa. I'm Teresa Jackson, your podcast host. Today, my guest is Scott Ryder. Scott was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, and married his high school sweetheart, and they have three children, Katie, Jacob, and Emma. Scott is a graduate of the Ohio State University, where he was twice the captain of the men's track and field team and three-time Big Ten champion and two-time All-American. In fact, Scott still holds the men's outdoor record at Ohio State in the 800 meters to this day. Highlight of Scott's athletic career include competing against Sebastian Coe Sebastian Coe in 1983 at Cosford RAFB, representing the Santa Monica Track Club as a member of what is today uh, the 26th fastest 4 by 800 meter relay of all time, and at the 1984 USA Olympic Trials. Professionally, Scott founded the Ryder and Rinke Financial Group, LLC, in 1988, where he served as managing partner until January of 2017, where he sold his equity position to the firm to his junior partner, Chris Rinke. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's at the age of 47. Scott has attacked his disease with the same combination of vigorous exercise and positive attitude as he does in life. In the last four years, Scott has logged in excess of 10,000 miles on his bicycle in an effort to delay the impact of Parkinson's disease on his body. Today, at the age of 62, he's retired and he's dedicated himself to encouraging others with Parkinson's disease to never give up the fight. A frequent speaker at support groups, financial services, uh, sales organizations, and others, Scott has traveled to more than 35 cities in the last five, in last four years across the USA to increase awareness regarding Parkinson's and to raise funds used to further Parkinson's research. The leading fundraiser for Moving Day Columbus, Ohio, and Moving Day Charleston, South Carolina, my favorite city, uh, Scott's team was the top fundraising team in the country in 2017, raising nearly $100,000. Scott's 2021 Parkinson's Revelation, uh, Revolution team raised the largest sum in the history of the event, eclipsing 44000 So he's got a lot of experience at fundraising, which is going to help with his next endeavor. He serves on the board of the Parkinson's Foundation Development Committee, the Carolinas Parkinson's Foundation Board. He's an Aware and Care Ambassador, fellow ambassador here for the Parkinson's Foundation, and he's twice served as co-chair of the Parkinson's Foundation Volunteer Summit. During a moment of sleepliness at 3 a.m. earlier this year, Scott hatched the idea of assembling a team of professionals to build an adaptive home in an effort to increase the awareness about Parkinson's. And I was saying, I, you know, I order from Amazon at 3 a.m. when I'm sleepless. Scott decides to build a house. This is no longer just a concept as the home is currently being constructed in the award-winning neighborhood of Habersham, South Carolina. The Adaptive Home Project has already attracted national attention and the sales proceeds from the home will be donated back to the Parkinson's Foundation. Additionally, with his friend Jim Morgan, who has Parkinson's, Scott is in the midst of planning Parkinson's Across America, which will be a coast-to-coast -coast Parkinson's awareness tour captured by a film crew. Parkinson's Across America will result in the creation of a documentary-style film to be aired worldwide in 2022. Scott has a blog and a YouTube channel about life with Parkinson's disease, and his daily mantra has been, he relies upon his faith, and his daily mantra has been, I will never quit. Welcome, Scott. 
Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm so excited to talk to you today. There's a lot to unpack in that uh, bio. It's very impressive. I know that you've had lots of accolades and lots lots of accomplishments in your life. Um, I'm, I really am quite curious about Parkinson's Across America. So maybe we could start there. Why don't you open us up and tell us a little bit about that? Great. That's a great place to start because um, Parkinson's Across America is going to kick off June 4th. And actually, I think you're going to be at the event where it first kicks off here in our neighborhood. Um, I am. We're, we're going to have um, the vehicle that we're going to travel across the country in. It will be, I'm all decked out with our sponsors, but um, wrapped on the outside of the vehicle. But the, the concept behind Parkinson's Across America was actually hatched um, at a Parkinson's Foundation Volunteer Summit. I met a guy named Barry Blaustein. And Barry wrote the screenplay for The Nutty Professor and Coming to America. He was a comedy writer on Saturday Night Live. And I said, hey, Barry, I have this idea about traveling across the country with a film crew and capturing a glimpse at life with Parkinson's, but from lots of different angles, from the person with Parkinson's like you and I, um, to researchers, to people that are developing products to make life better for Parkinson's, uh, physicians, just the whole gamut but intended to be um, uplifting and encouraging. So um, on June, Jim Morgan and myself, and Jim is in Miami, Florida, and uh, he's one of us, a fellow Parkinson's person. Um, we're going to hit the road, and we're going to meet people from um, Michael Oaken, who's well-known in the Parkinson's world, a great physician, amazing author. Um, we're going to stop at the villages in Florida and um, have a little celebratory event. We're just going to work our way up the coast and eventually um, make it all the way out to Los Angeles, but all along the way have some exciting stops and not just celebrities with Parkinson's far from it. We're going to capture a real life glimpse um, of people with Parkinson's. For example, you talk about ironic. I found out recently in my high school, high school track coach has Parkinson's disease. So we're going to meet back at our old high school track and talk about I mean, what's the chances of both of us having Parkinson's? And then at the end, we hope to sell the documentary to a Netflix or HBO or somebody like that and donate the proceeds to Parkinson's disease, but most to Parkinson's Foundation, excuse me. Most importantly, we hope to increase awareness about this crazy disease that you and I live with. That You know, somebody's diagnosed every nine minutes. I don't think people realize that. That's staggering. So it's a really an awareness to us. It is, it is very staggering every nine minutes. I am very familiar with that um, statistic. And when you talked about what are the odds, I cannot tell you how many circles, you know, they talk about the six degrees of separation. And I lived across the street from a young man. Uh, we were about the same age uh, in my early thirties, my husband and I did, we had, and we both had children And this young man you may be familiar with. His name is Billy Kennedy. He was the head coach for Texas A&M and he developed Parkinson's. And you just think about what are the odds that, you know, we're living across the street. We go in separate ways. We were born in separate areas of the United States, but we both end up with Parkinson's. And so I tell people all the time, if you haven't been touched by Parkinson's, consider yourself very fortunate, but it is the fastest growing neurological disease in the world. And chances are, if we don't find a cure, you will be touched by it in some manner within your lifetime. 
I don't think there's any doubt. And really, I can tell you that I don't think I run into a single person that when I tell them I have Parkinson's disease, they don't comment by saying, oh, my aunt, my uncle, my brother, my cousin. I mean, it's just, I know you and I live in that world, but it seems like it's everywhere, Teresa. It's crazy. It yeah, it does. And growing more and more and more. Um, and we have to find a cure. We do. Yeah. So tell me, um, who all is making up the members of your team as you're traveling across the United States? Well, we're a small team. We like to think we're small but mighty, but um, there'll be two videographers. Um, a young man named Taylor Horton, who's a well-known videographer here in Low Country, best known for um, uh, creating several videos of um, uh, a guy out of Hilton had to catch his great white sharks oh, wow. on rod and reel. But Taylor and his um, videographer partner, Chris will be joining us and then myself and Jim Morgan. And um, we're going to plot across the country and hope to have a following. And um, people are going to be able to follow us on, on Instagram and all the social media and see where we are and what we're doing and keep up with what we're doing. So it'd be exciting. It is exciting. I'm exciting. I'm excited for you guys. Now, when you stop in each of these areas, I know I'm going to be uh, with you on the kickoff and, and we're going to do an interview there. But um, beyond that, what what are you going to do in these towns? What's your purpose? Well, our purpose is solely to create awareness about Parkinson's disease. But um, we'll also in some of the stops um, be teamed up with um, some call them vendors, some of our sponsors to, to fine tune some messages. Um, Boston Scientific is one of our sponsors. Um, Mass Mutual is one of our sponsors. And so, you know, Boston Scientific has quite a story to tell about DBS, as we both know, um, all sides of that. Um, Mass Mutual has a story to tell about the importance of financial planning and protecting your income with disability insurance and, um, it really depends upon where we are. When we meet with Dr. Oaken, for example, we want to talk to him about some of his books. He has some great books and some great insight into the disease, of Parkinson's disease. So it's going to be tailored to each individual stop. Um, when we're in Columbus, Ohio, we're going to meet with um, a guy named David Zid and Jackie Russell, his business partner, who created a program called Delayed the Disease, which is considered the number one evidence-based exercise program for Parkinson's in the world. So just lots of different people. Um, we got some great surprises planned for the city of Chicago. Um, we're gonna meet with some amazing individuals there. Um, Bill Bucklew, who walked across America, has walked across Europe, has Parkinson's. Um, and then there's um, a guy in Denver, Colorado, for example, that just has a heartbreaking story about how Parkinson's has impacted his life, but it's a real story. So it depends where we are. Yeah, I think um, there's so many untold stories out there and there's a common thread for all of us. We have the disease, but there's also all these amazing people doing amazing work in their own communities that may not be highlighted through other means. And so I think what a blessing this will be to that community and to those individuals that you get to talk to uh, in an effort to raise awareness. You know, when I started my advocacy work, um, the reason I did it was because 
when I was diagnosed, I received zero amount of education on how to manage my disease, what the trajectory might look like, nothing. So I was left with just kind of, you know, combing the net, trying to figure out the good or reliable resources. And so I just think we have a lot of education still left to do. I agree. And I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of people that have amazing stories such as yourself that um, at this time aren't necessarily known worldwide. Everybody knows who Michael J. Fox is, right. but more people need to know who Teresa Jackson is. And there's a lot of other Teresa Jacksons across the country. So we're going to highlight those individuals because it's all of us together working collectively that are going to make a difference. That's right. That's right. And that's a really important message because, you know, sometimes when you're out here alone and you're just working, trying to make a difference, you're trying to make a difference in your own life. You're trying to make a difference in others, other people's life. You can feel like you're just this little bitty voice in a great big world, but collectively, like you just said, collectively, you know, we can stand up and people will hear us and, and you will be able to spread awareness. So I'm very excited about that. I'm curious if you have any stops where you'll be meeting with medical schools. We do. We have several places. Um, we're going to be at the Medical University of South Carolina, which is a center of excellence designated by the Parkinson's Foundation. And Don't quote me on this, but I think there's only 32 or 36 centers of excellences in the United States. Um, we're going to stop in um, Las Vegas at the Lou Ruvo Center for Brain Health, which is part of the Cleveland Clinic and also a center of excellence. Um, and a couple other locations. And so we're going we're gonna to stop and talk to a genetic counselor, um, mm. one that is facilitating, I don't know if you're familiar with the program, PD Generation. I am. Um, and everybody should take advantage of that. That's a great opportunity through the Parkinson's Foundation. But we want to talk to a genetic counselor who's on the front line that does calls just like you and I are having right now to share the results of people's testing. Um, there's just so much to be captured and shared that I'm more excited. I think that's a big area that people always ask is, is it genetic? And, and trying to uh, differentiate just because it's genetic doesn't mean it's necessarily familial that you're, or that it's going to develop in your lifetime because we all have dormant genes of some sort in our, in our uh, makeup, in our DNA makeup. So I think that's a big question. The other thing with medical schools that I have um, wondered about and wanted to be involved since I was diagnosed was um, I used to do I used to do coaching with physicians on like bedside manner and that sort of thing and I think there's a lot of education out there that needs to be done around how and when to educate the patient that's being told they have Parkinson's because it is a you know it's a life-altering life-changing diagnosis for the person and for their family the people that love them for the way they will live life moving forward, for their finance, for their finances, all those things. And we're not really providing education. And I think that has to start at medical school. I'd love to be able to, you know, provide education or even curriculum around that. Um, so if you get a chance, I sure hope that you will uh, let those folks know that's where we need to start. You know, you make an excellent point. Um, I can't say this for everybody, but Many of us were diagnosed by a general neurologist, I'll call him a general neurologist, not necessarily a movement disorder specialist. And I can remember, like all of us, the day, the moment, the exact moment where I was when the physician looked at me and said, um, you have Parkinson's disease. And after that, I was like, well, I hope that um, 
you'll come back and see me. Um, I'd love to have you as a patient. And I think that's kind of um, common. There's no plan, no guidance. Um, here's who, what, how wonderful it would be if they could say, listen, I have somebody I want you to connect with that's been down this path. I mean, if we could create a network like that, that'd be amazing. Well, that's why I started Parkinson's Pathway Pals, not the podcast. The podcast was organically born out of the first initiative that I started. And I was getting referrals from support groups and from a neurologist in my area. And I am um, nationally certified as a health and wellness coach. And I had 35 years of medical experience in my background of various types. And so I would meet with people. I put collectively all this information together on how to, you know, how to have a doctor's appointment. It's one thing to go in and say, I'm feeling okay. I'm not feeling well. What is your, you know, what does your doctor do with that? It's another to say, I really want to go to Disney World with my grandchildren. I currently sleep four hours out of the day. I need more stamina. I need more energy or whatever. You've got to give them some nuggets in order for them to help you achieve your goals. So um, I think that's, that's really important. I agree with that. But I, I think, um, at that initial moment of diagnosis, I think the thing that's missing is um, somebody to encourage the person because I think most people think I'm done. I'm going to die. And you're not done. You're not going to die. You need to have a plan of attack and follow it. But there's really no system in place to do that. And it'd be a huge undertaking. But I think if we can just impact one person at a time, I probably get an average of two to three phone calls a week from somebody I've never met. I'm sure you're the same says, Hey, so-and-so told me about you. I know you have Parkinson's. Would you talk to my friend or talk to my spouse and just encouragement? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a very needed message. That's not given at the time of diagnosis is that it's not a death sentence. And, you know, when you think about, when you're diagnosed with diabetes, heart disease, cancer, any number of things, there's some type of education that the physician will provide for you or get you connected with through his office. But with Parkinson's, it's kind of like, here's some medications and I'll see you in six months. Let me yeah, know if yeah. you're okay. And that's really not a plan. So people, yeah, people are left to either flounder, uh, go home and sit down and get depressed and wait on the inevitable or figure out through research how to get connected and how to, how to, you can thrive with Parkinson's. It just looks different than what maybe Absolutely. plan. So Scott, tell me how can people follow you on this trip uh, across America? And um, probably the, the best place to do is go to our website. It's pdacrossamerica.com. And um, right. we have a face, Facebook page is the same. And then uh, like I mentioned earlier, our Instagram and Twitter will be up here um, in the next few days. But um, uh, initially, I would encourage people to go to our the website, pdacrossamerica.com. They can see the map. They can read the bios of our um, team, um, see our mission statement, and learn a little bit about the project as a whole. All right. That's, that's exciting. So I encourage people to go to pdacrossamerica.com and follow Scott and his team along uh, as they cross America to increase awareness. I want to shift gears a little bit here. And the first thing I want to talk about is a statement that you made. You said, I decided early on that I could be a consumer or a contributor. And I've chosen the latter. And sometimes we're both. But how important is it that we understand how we can contribute? 
to lots of things. Maybe it's not building a house, but to lots of things. Sure. <clears throat> well, I think it starts with um, the fact that somebody, everybody's different. Some people are not very comfortable talking about their diagnosis. And um, there was a time where I really didn't understand that, but I have to realize that maybe you and I have a little bit more outgoing personality than other people. And um, I feel certain I can help other people by sharing my diagnosis. But, um, you know, there's lots of people that have gone before us and worked really hard to create lots of tools and materials and programs and things to make life better for people with Parkinson's. So my thought was, you know what, I've got so many things I can't do because of Parkinson's that I used to be able to do. I'm going to focus on what I can do. Now, I'm not the most efficient at it. By far, I struggle multitasking and all those things. But I just try to plot along and create things and do things that make life better. And really, I would say create awareness. I think if I can help create awareness and help other people, um, I'm then contributing. I'm not just consuming, but I want to be really clear. I would never be critical of somebody that doesn't feel comfortable going down that pathway because some people just, that's not their personality. And I understand that we can't all be contributors. We can't all be consumers. So I'm trying to do things that make life better or encouraging people. And um, I feel good about that. I, I feel guilty sometimes because I think I almost get more out of it than I give. So, you know, there's an important lesson in being a contributor. And I think what that lesson is about purpose. There's tons of research out there that talks about purpose is more important than uh, what you eat, how much you exercise. And those things are critically important. So if those things are really, really important, whether we smoke or not, whether how much alcohol we intake, what we eat, how much we exercise, if purpose is even more important or equally as important, um, being a contributor to something can give us purpose. I agree. And, and another way I often express it is I've heard people say um, they've been diagnosed with a medical condition. They say, I'm not going to be identified as the guy or the person with X whatever X is, it could be cancer, diabetes, or whatever. And I decided early on that I was okay as being known as the guy with Parkinson's because there's just not a lot of places to go to or people to go to, to get some guidance. I meet countless people that don't know what a movement disorder specialist is. And yeah. that can be life-changing for them. So I'm comfortable being that guy. That's kind of my personality. And it's the way the good Lord made me, I guess. I'm trying to make something positive out of something negative, you could say. Well, I know that you're certainly a go get them guy or just get it done kind of guy. And I, I want to talk about this adaptive cottage that um, you are in the midst of building. So tell us about the concept of that. Well, the concept is, um, you know, there's this word called adaptive or universal, and that means many different things. And um, I've learned a lot about it, but there's different levels of adaptive housing. But adaptive housing is creating a home that is made in a way that um, makes life livable based on your restrictions or limitations or whatever your health issues might be. So adaptive for one person who's wheelchair bound would be very different than adaptive for a person with Parkinson's. And so we've talked about this in the past, but sleeping is not exactly um, easy for many people with Parkinson's. And I woke up once at 3 a.m. in the moment one moment at 3 a.m. in the morning and in our neighborhood we've had um a southern living um coastal living house that have been recognized 
in both those publications and publicized. And I thought, gosh, we should build an adaptive house and see if we could bring awareness to um, Parkinson's disease. So what we've tried to do is create a house that's almost finished now that um, makes it aging in place possible. And so what I did was, and I've been very blessed. I don't want to kid you. I can't take the credit, but I went to the developer with this idea and I said, um, would you donate a lot for this house to be built on? And that's not a small ask. The lots are not inexpensive right now. And he's like, yeah, I'm in. Then I went to a builder and I said, hey, would you build this house and not take any profit so we could donate all the profit to the Parkinson's Foundation? He said, I'm in. I went to a well-known architect. I said, will you design this house? Not charge. He said, I'm in. And that's where it just starts. And interesting enough, that developer, unbeknownst to me at the time, his father had Parkinson's disease. The builder's spouse, I do know, has Parkinson's disease. The architect's brother was involved in a motorcycle accident in his youth, so he has some limitations, so he understands adaptive. So lo and behold, Teresa, what was kind of a vision has become a reality, and this house is sold, and um, it's going to be featured in a national publication, which at the present we can't talk about because of um, something that I knew nothing about called a public relations embargo, but just needless to say, the story is going to reach between three and five million people and bring more awareness to Parkinson's disease. And the house plans for this particular house were going to be, are going to be for sale um, through the magazine that's going to feature this in their upcoming publication. And a percentage of every house plan sold will be donated back to the Parkinson's Foundation. Wow, that is um, certainly an impressive undertaking. Can you talk a little bit about what some of the uh, adaptations are within the home that make it sure. easier for people living with Parkinson's? Yeah, and I, this is my terminology. Somebody out there that's a professional would probably um, squirm when they hear me say this, but I would call this an adaptive light home. So there's, for example, uh, what I call a zero entry shower. So you don't have to step up to get into the shower. Um, there are outlets that are higher on the wall, so you don't have to bend over. Um, the, and we have, have had some great corporate sponsors that have jumped online, some big companies, that, some of the appliances. For example, um, I can look on my phone and see what's cooking inside my oven without getting up and see how that wow. chicken is looking. Um, I can turn the water on with just my motion, um, with my hand. Um, the closets have um, pocket doors, so they're easy to move. And this is gonna sound like a simple thing, but it's, it's major. And the minute I grabbed the door handles, they just, they fit on the person's hand and the light switches are a different style that are easy to put off and on. So, you know, sometimes I struggle with those fine motor skills and um, you touch the door handles on this house. The lighting is um, really, really bright because as we know, Parkinson's disease, um, not, we struggle with uh, dopamine production, which not only limits our ability to move, but it also controls our sense of well-being. So for a person with Parkinson's to sit around in a dark environment is probably not good. Um, and yeah. Gosh, I could just go on and on. The, the floor surfaces are made so that they're easy to walk for shufflers, if you know what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's amazing. 
That is incredible. It sounds like you certainly have had a lot of generosity from people in your community. And I think that speaks highly and loudly for the people that have partnered and collaborated with you, but it also speaks to you to be able to pull this team together and um, you know, really come up with this concept and go beyond that to where you have um, built this home. And I'm really super excited about seeing the reveal of this home. Yeah, yeah. June, June the 4th in Habersham, which is right outside of Beaufort, South Carolina. And everybody's invited. You can buy tickets to this event. Um, we're going to have a celebratory event about not a fundraiser, but a check presentation will be made to the Parkinson's Foundation. And anybody that buys the ticket will be able to tour the home. And uh, it's going to be very exciting. John Lear, the CEO of the Parkinson's Foundation, will be in attendance. And um, I just can't wait. It's going to be a great time. I do want to um, just ask you one clarification question on that. You said June 4th. I was thinking that's when you were doing your ride across uh, America uh, start. I was thinking that this event was in July. Um, oh, uh, this event is June 4th. Um, that's the adaptive the, the house. The adaptive house is June the 4th. Yes. Gotcha. I think I had it backwards in my mind. So June the 4th for the adaptive house. And then yep. July for. Um, well, actually, both start both events. June the fourth is where we'll showcase the vehicle that's going to be used for the ride Parkinson's across America. That will, okay. it'll be at that event. But um, our first um, stop for Parkinson's across America will be June fourteenth in Florida. Is where we're going to start. All right. So on June fourteenth, June fifteenth, and then. On June 16th, we'll be in um, Nashville, Tennessee at the Parkinson's Foundation Leadership Summit. And um, we'll also be interviewing somebody very special associated with the National Hockey League team that you'll have to check out our website later to learn more about again and start over in July 18th. That'll be our second segment. And at the end of that segment, where we're going to catch up with Teresa Jackson, author and Parkinson's advocate person so we're excited to have you be part of the parkinson's across america well i'm excited to be a part of it i'm so excited that you came today and shared these things um you know your mantra is i will never quit i i have my own mantra which is air which stands for again i rise because i feel like those of us that can still rise do for those that can't um do you have any final words um for someone that's out there listening what what's the message you just really want them to hear today? Well, I, I can only tell you what's worked for me personally. And um, my faith is the number one thing in my life. And, you know, what I'd like to say, if um, if I thought this was all there was to life, it'd be sort of depressing. So knowing that I have something greater beyond today is really important to me. Um, my family is critical. I, um, I feel bad for my care partner who's my wife of I don't I'd have to do the math 40 some years but she's amazing and um, she puts up with a lot with me and I'm incredibly thankful for her dedication and then um, I gotta say attitude 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 and then lastly exercise I claim I like to say exercise is as important as my medication if not more important and I know apathy is a big deal with people with Parkinson's and um I often, I, I tell people, that, I don't know if you remember the song by Foreigner a few years back, 
back in our younger days called head games. Um, head games. Yes. And maybe. And so um, my family will tell you I'm the king of head games. And um, my point is, I really try to focus on this moment right now. The time that you and I are spending together is the most important moment in my life right now, because I don't know what the future is going to hold. I'm going to be candid. The future probably doesn't hold great things, but I can't look beyond the future. So um, I like my family says I'm great at playing head games. And my oldest daughter is a psychologist. And she said, Dad, those aren't head games. That's cognitive restructuring. I said, oh, okay, Katie, thank you. So um, I would encourage people to, you know, kind of restructure. Don't look at Parkinson's as the end. Look at it as the beginning. And I've said before, I used to say that I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't take Parkinson's away. And I realized I don't really mean that. But one of the best things about Parkinson's, and this is going to sound corny, but the people you meet in the Parkinson's community, they're, they're amazing people. And I mean, yeah. you're one of those persons. Oh, and there's a lot, lots of people like you out there that are just amazing trying to make a difference. So attitude, exercise, faith, family, all those things together. And um, get on with life. Don't let it hold you back. That's, that's awesome advice, I think, Scott. And, um, you know, after your ride across America, maybe you and I can do start touring on with a band because I like to sing too. And I do know that, that, that <laughs> song. <clears throat> thank you, Scott, for sharing your story today with our listeners. And thank you for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you Tuesday.